praise for being in the house of God today. My, 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 my. Anybody glad to be in the house of God today? Let me say a prayer for you. Father, we thank you right now that we are in the house of God, that we made it back home. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. God, thank you that we're here this morning. And God, we touch somebody's shoulder today and just say, thank you for the person on my left. Thank you for the person on my right. We thank you for the person that's in their living room, in their bedroom, somebody in their dorm room, somebody at work. God, thank you right now that we're able as the family of God to come together on this Father's Day in our Father's house to give you praise, glory, and honor. God, I pray today that you would take Stacy and hiding behind Calvary's cross that somebody might see Jesus on today. I am the clay, you're the potter. Take me, make me, mold me, make me, shake me, use me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Have your way today, God. Lord, I pray today you open the ears and our hearts that we might be receptive to what it is you want to say to us. Thank you, God, that we made it back home to this house called New Direction Christian Church. And I pray today that somebody who might have came in one way will leave another way. God, I thank you for every strong man, every dad, every granddad, every uncle, somebody that's had a role in raising a family. God, thank you for them. Thank you for our fathers today. Thank you for my dad, Reverend Sammy Spencer, for being here and for all of the dads in this house. And God, we'll be careful to give your name all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Can y'all put your hands together? Do me a favor. Give somebody a safe side hug and tell them I'm so glad you made it in today. Give them a little side hug. Amen, amen. Hey, where the men at? Where the men at? All the daddies in the house say, hey. I want all the women to turn around, find a man, and salute him and say, I salute you today, sir. Happy Father's Day to you. Amen. I thank God. Y'all may be seated. I thank God for my dad. <clears throat> Reverend Sammy Spencer's in the house. Give it up for my daddy, Reverend Sammy Spencer, all the way from Russellville, Kentucky. Took time out of his church, First Baptist Church. And y'all... This year, then how many years you been pastoring? 35. He's been pastoring for 35 years. And he retires in November. So let's stand up and, and give him a salute for all of the years of pastoring. Thank you, Daddy. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be pastoring. I wouldn't be preaching had you not accepted your call to preach and modeled the way of escape for me. And so I want to tell you that I am honored to be your son. I thank God for you. I salute you. And I am the man that I am because of your blood, your DNA, your guidance, your love, your nurture that rests inside of me. So, Daddy, thank you for all that you've done. I love you. Amen. Um, listen, if you, ain't, if you don't have anywhere to eat today, we got a surprise for you. So... Right, right here on our church property, we got a brand new restaurant that just opened up called My Spot. And they got, they got dinner and jazz. We fancy. We bourgeois over here. We got live jazz music and, and whatnot. And so if you, if you have a family and you don't have anything planned, go over there. And they're, they're open every night. And our married couples are actually going to have date night uh, this coming Friday. Uh, at 7 p.m., we got dinner and jazz for all them. If you're married, wave your hand. Let me see if you're married. Uh, so if you ain't got nothing to do, come hang out with Rhonda and I next, this coming Friday right here at my spot, 7 p.m., dinner, jazz, and, and libations. Amen. Uh, let me move on before you catch what I just said. Uh, also, I forgot two very important men in the house. My brothers, would y'all please stand up for Dale and Sean? Would you please stand up? My little big brother. And my big brother, love you guys. Happy Father's Day to you all. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, so y'all ready for the word of God? Do me a favor. I need you to grab your smartphones real quick. Um, grab your smartphones because there's some people that need to get this word. I think this is a very important word. I think all, of, all the sermons I preach. But this one, this is about fathers. It's about us getting back in our father's house. And so I need your help. First of all, let me ask this. How many of y'all brought somebody to church with you today? Raise your hand if you brought somebody to church with you. Stand up. Let me see you. Let's give it up for the people who brought people to church with them this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. 
Listen, look at somebody beside you and say, don't forget that you and I are responsible for Operation Lost Sheep. This month, me and you, we're supposed to bring one person to church with us. Have you brought yours yet? Yes or no? I want you to shake your head yes if you know if you haven't. Let me see. All right, so vote those who said no, I need you. You got you got one more Sunday. Well, two what? Two more Sundays? Two more Sundays to bring somebody with you. Amen. All right, on your smartphone, go to New Direction Christian Church. One more. Thank you, brother. One more Sunday to bring one more person. I need you to go to the New Direction Christian Church Facebook page, and I need you to share in your messages and your groups on your page. My pastor's preaching about getting back in my father's house. Please invite somebody to join us. And uh, I think they'll be blessed. There's a word from the Lord. Stand up one more time on your feet. Grab your Bibles. Uh, Somebody say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. When it's open, God speaks to me. When it's shut, I can't hear from God. I need a word from God with everything that's going on. In this crazy world, I need to hear from God. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Let's go there. Uh, let's go there today. And I want to look at Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24. Um, and we'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this, to illustrate the point further, what point? That there's a danger in disconnecting. There's a danger in being lost. There's a danger in straying away. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now. Somebody say now. now. Before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted, somebody say wasted, all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Look at somebody and tell them it's amazing what you settle for when you're hungry. But no one gave him anything. And when he finally came to himself, came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, somebody say at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home. Somebody say, I'm going home. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while, oh, I love this. While he was still a long way off. Can you look at somebody and say, I am not where I should be. But I thank God. I'm not where I used to be. While he was still a long way off, his father, watch this, saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Daddy, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, somebody say quick. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. Oh, my God. Kill the calf we have been fattening. 
we must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So let the party begin. What I want to talk about is I've got to get back to my father's house. Look at your neighbor, elbow him on your way to your seat, say, I've got to get back to my father's house. <laughs> Type it in your comments, I've got to get back to my father's house. Have y'all ever been in a place where you realized you were far from home? Far from the place that you were accustomed to being and you didn't know how to get back? Far from the people that you loved? You hadn't been around people in a while. You've been, you've been in a place where you, this is the loneliest and most disconnected you've ever felt in your life. Have you ever been there? All of us have. Especially coming out of this pandemic, we were not able to gather together. We're not able to come together. But even sometimes in, in being physically in the house, we still feel far from home. Like sheep, we have all strayed away at some point, but God is so gracious that he will come looking for you. Anybody glad that God will come looking for you? I reminded you two Sundays ago that sometimes like sheep, we all stray away, but the good shepherd, somebody say the good shepherd. <clears throat> the good shepherd leaves the 99 and will come looking for the one. But I also got to keep it a buck. Sometimes God will not come looking for you. Because it wasn't him who left you. You left him. And God has to allow you to come to yourself before you can come back to him. But the good news is, is that he will wait on you. Will you look at somebody beside you and say, God is waiting on you. Somebody online needs to know today that God is waiting on you. He has not forgotten about you. He recognizes you're not where you're supposed to be, but he's still out on the porch right now looking for you to come home. Yeah. As we look at this text, we discover today that, that, that there's a, a young man that's waiting. But before I get there, I want to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, The Wiz, right? Uh, in, in the movie The Wiz, Dorothy uh, is trying to get back home. There's a storm. Oh, my God. There's a storm that has taken Dorothy away. And sometimes storms take us away. And the storm came and took, lifted her up, lifted the whole house up and spun her around until she realized she was not in Detroit anymore. And when she gets out, she goes on this wonderful journey, this, this, this scary journey, trying to get back home. The whole time she's trying to get back home. And then at the end of the movie, good God Almighty, she realizes that what she needed, she had all along. And so she taps her heels together. She says, what? There's no place like home. But the song, man, the song that, that, that Stephanie sung to us, I, I want to I give you the verse of the lyrics. Listen to this. It says, when I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. I wish I was home. I wish I was back there with the things I've been knowing. Wind that makes the tall trees lean. Suddenly the snowflakes that fall have meaning. Sprinkling the scene makes it all clean. Watch this. Maybe there's a chance for me to go back now that I have some direction. It sure would be nice to be back home where there's love and affection. And just maybe I can convince time to slow up. Listen, giving me enough time in my life to grow up. Look at somebody and say, I wish life was slower to give me some time to grow up. That's, what I, that's my prayer for all of y'all today is that life was slower. Like, our kids grow up so fast. Hallelujah. They, they grow up so fast they don't get a chance for their mind to catch up with their body. And some of them think they're grown and they preemptively leave too early, not able to handle what life is getting ready to bring them. I saw on TikTok the other day, somebody said, whoever said, I can't wait to grow up, I wish they'd shut up. Because <laughs> it's a whole other thing when you get out there and you got to pump that gas. Y'all ain't talking to me. Spending rent money at the gas tank. Buying groceries and coming out with a loaf of bread and some bologna and it's $50. Y'all not talking to me. You better look at somebody young and say, slow your roll. 
Watch this. The pandemic is one thing. It, it, it is our will to get back. The pandemic has rerouted a lot of us. It, 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 it spun our world around. We got caught up in a storm, and some of us, we got lifted up and carried away from God's house. We got lifted up and carried away from the things that mean the most to us, and we're trying, like Dorothy, to figure out how do we get back home. The pandemic is one thing, but it's our will. Somebody say, our will. It's our will to get back home that determines whether we stay lost or we get back. In our text this morning, we see a young man that has lost his direction. He's made a decision to leave his father's house because he, he no longer wants to be under the covering of the one who gave him life. He's determined that he no longer wants to be accountable to his father. He feels like he's grown. Have you ever in your life gotten to a place where you thought you was grown and later on realized you weren't? I remember Ron and I got married very young. We were 23, and um, I thought I was grown, man. I'm like, I'm great getting married. I, I, I realized later I wasn't. I, 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 knew, I knew half of what I needed to know, and even at getting ready to, in my mid-50s, I'm still at a place where I'm still learning. You never, you never really completely grow up. You keep growing. And the fallacy is that many young people think you've grown because you have some hair. or some knowledge and and wisdom and knowledge are two different things experience is the best teacher and sometimes I gotta let I gotta let you experience something that you couldn't listen to me teach you is, is this microphone working how many of y'all learn more when you had to go out there on your own than you could receive when you was in the house Sometimes when you get out the house, you realize I had everything I needed in the house, but you don't get it until you outside the house. And sometimes God has to release you so you can grow up. Every tub got to set on its own bottom. And sometimes you don't realize it until you get out there. He approaches his father, this son approaches his father, and he tells him he wants his share of the inheritance before he dies. I'm sorry, but this is probably one of the most insensitive things that a son could ever do to a father. He, he, it's, it's one thing to ask something of your father, but it's another thing to say it like he said it. He said this to his dad. He said, look, I don't know when you're going to die, but I need that money. I, I can't wait around for you to die. I, need, I, I know you got some in your 401k, and you, I know I'm one of your beneficiaries, but you, I, can't, I can't sit around here and wait till you die and plan your funeral, so can you give me my money so I can bounce? I mean, that's what he says. He's like, I know I got an inheritance coming to me. I'm not going to wait till you die. Give it to me right now. And the father gives it to him. Can I help y'all? Will y'all why does the daddy give it to him? Because legally he has a right to ask for it. But it ain't right. It's not right. He's not honoring his father in the way that he asked him. And yet the father gives it to him. Why? Because he looks in his son's eyes and realizes he's already gone. When some people come up to me and say, Pastor, my season is up. God is telling me to leave. Sometimes I want to scream and say, God ain't tell you that. <laughs> but nevertheless, as a loving father, I release them because watch this. If you love something, you let it go. If it loves you, to come back. And plus, ultimately, you're not mine. You're God's child. And I got to trust God for your journey. Does it hurt me as a father? Oh, yeah. I've told somebody, I don't know who I told this. I said, as a pastor, I have, I have been hurt so many times saying goodbye to people who I knew weren't supposed to be gone. Yeah. Then there's some people I'm glad they left. <laughs> but there's much more, it's many, many more that I had to release as a loving father because I already saw in their eyes they were already gone. So he gives him the money, and he goes out to a far country, and he wastes all his money on riotous living. L let me say this. Uh, 
as fathers, we've all swallowed hard when we see the phone ring and it's one of our children and we answer the phone, we're like, hello. Hey, Dad, what's happening? I know what's next. <laughs> what you need, son? Oh, well, see, uh, what happened was... <laughs> and I operate with this hermeneutical suspicion because as a father, fathers are different from mothers. Mothers get all the love and they come and lay their head on their mama's lap and all that. But when it's daddy, we just get that call saying, can you cash that me some money? Dad, I need some shoes. Dad, I need some clothes. And sometimes, as daddies, we just want you. And sometimes, you know, my son's knock on the door, and I'm like, oh, Lord, here it comes again. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, Dad, what's happening? I said, nothing. What's up, man? What you want? Nothing. I'm just coming to watch a ball game with you. I said, well, come on in. Come on in. Lay down. We got something, man. I love when my sons come up to me and just want to spend time with me because watch this, sometimes we are so transactional but not transformational. Don't come to God just when you want something. Your heavenly father just wants to spend time with you. And guess what? That's what Sundays are for. Sundays are for us to come to the father's house and just spend time with the father. I don't, God, if you don't do another thing, you've already done enough for me. When's the last time you just came into your daddy's presence and all you wanted to do is just be with him? Don't y'all think God gets tired of us just calling him when we want something? God just wants to come and say, can you worship? Can you love on me? Can I love on you? Can I download? Can I put something in you? Can I hear? Can I just be in your presence? This son was transactional, and he says, I want my money, and I want it now. Watch this. There's a danger in getting a blessing too early. This crowd is something else. Write this, Proverbs 2020. Everybody say, Proverbs 2020. This is what it says. It says, if you insult your father or your mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. An inheritance gained too early is not a blessing in the end. I'm going to say it again. A blessing obtained too early is not a blessing in the end. Why is that? Because sometimes you can be blessed with something you're not emotionally or spiritually ready to handle. And some of y'all are wondering, why has God not released it yet? Because he's waiting to get a hold of you before he lets you get a hold of your blessing. Because if you get a blessing too early that you're not equipped to handle, you'll waste it. I just want to talk to the people who can tell the truth and keep it 100 up in here. If you look back over your life, you realize you wasted a whole lot of stuff that you wish you had back. If I was just enough more mature, if I was wise enough, maybe I would still have what I had. And I'm telling the young people, don't be in a hurry to get what you are not ready to handle. Look at somebody say, you're going to get it when you get it. You missed that. You're going to get it when you get it. Some of us don't know the value of stuff. You're not, you're not mature enough to handle what it is God wants to release. Sometimes the worst thing God can do is to give you what you ask for. If you ain't ready for it, you'll waste it. If you're not ready, good God Almighty. I had, I was a youth pastor for 11 years before I started pastoring, and all of my friends were getting churches, and, and they were starting out in ministry after graduate school, and here I am still a youth pastor, and there were, there were a couple of nights where I cried. I'm like, God, why am I still watching over this, the, the lambs and not the sheep? And God says, I can't release you until you're ready. I wouldn't have been able to handle all of this with the immaturity and the baggage that I had from my past. God had to heal me, grow me up, mature me up so that I could handle what he was going to release later. Look at your neighbor and say, it's greater later. Am I talking to anybody? I'll do better. Watch this. Number one. We are always heading for trouble whenever we value things more than people. Yeah. 
I'm going to say that again because some of y'all need to write this down. We are always heading into trouble whenever we value things more than people. Pleasure more than duty. And distancings more than the blessings you already have at home. The problem with many of y'all is that you suffer from FOMO. You know what that is? I had a lady at the first time, she's like, FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out. And many of y'all will walk away from a house full of the stuff you already need for stuff you think you're missing out on. You're going to leave your house because you think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence and the whole time was artificial turf. You, you, you got everything you need in this house, in this church. God has given you everything you need. But unfortunately, we live in the south with, in Memphis with 3,000 churches, and there's a fear of missing out, and the pandemic has only accelerated our need to go taste other food and other people's cooking. But like my mama said, you shouldn't eat everybody's cooking. And some of y'all have messed up because you've placed more value on things than people. Good God Almighty. There, there, there are people that God has called you to be under, to be covered by, and your parents are the first people that cover you, your father and your mother. That's why the Bible, the first commandment is tied to a promise, is the, is the commandment that says, honor what? Honor your father and your mother that the, your days may be long upon the earth. But when it is that you disrespect or dishonor your father, it can snuff out your light and turn your inheritance instead of a blessing into a curse. All right, this is pretty deep. I, I hope I can strike a resonance with you pretty soon. This young man insulted his father, and he said, I'm ready to go. Fathers have feelings, too. We want a transformational relationship, not just a transactional relationship. And the father gave him the money because he knew the son was already gone. Watch this. Number two, the further away you get from your father's house, the further you get away from who you were meant to be. The further away you get from your father's house, especially when you haven't matured. Woo! Now watch this. There comes a time when you got to leave daddy's house, when you mature, especially when you think you know more than me. You got to go. But there's a danger in leaving before that. Can I illustrate it? So you tell me I've heard this story about the butterfly that was in the cocoon, right? He was struggling to get out. And the top part looked like a butterfly. This little boy came upon it. He saw a butterfly struggling to get out of his cocoon. And he saw these beautiful butterfly wings emerging from this cocoon. And he thought, I'm going to help him because he's struggling. So he gets his pocket knife out and begins to cut the cocoon sack off the bottom half of the butterfly. But what he discovers, Chris, is that when he cuts the cocoon off, the top part looks like a butterfly, and the bottom part is shriveled up and, and underdeveloped. So he has now crippled the butterfly because he cut the struggle out too soon. And some of your children are underdeveloped, not ready for life, because you keep saving them from their consequences. If there is no struggle, there is no progress I'm glad I told my daddy this other day I said all of my sons had jobs when they were teenagers as soon as they turned 16 I was like getting a job buddy now I had Andre the money to give them everything that they need praise be to God even when I was struggling financially if my sons came to me and said I need school money I need a calculator I need some shoes I would find a way as their daddy to get them what they needed so that wasn't the problem I sent them to work early because I wanted to create a false sense of struggle I had to because they were blessed with a daddy who had a good and a mama who had jobs. We were able to give them what they needed. But in order for them to mature, I had to introduce struggle. Yeah. 
And some of y'all rob your kids of their wings because you keep cutting them out of situations. You can't give your child everything they want. When I, oh my God, y'all not going to help me. When I got to an age where I was smelling myself and I wanted some more school clothes, I wanted some Playboy shoes, I wanted some Nikes, I wanted some Sergio Valente jeans, I wanted some Calvin Clyde's, I wanted some Azad. I'm like, Mom, I'm tired of these Buster Brown shoes. And she said, well, you're going to have to go work to get it. She introduced struggle. Giving your child too much creates a sense of entitlement. This young man came and said, I don't care about you dying, just go on and give me my money. That's entitlement. No respect. And so he gives it to him. And he knows that this is going to, this might not turn out good because he's not ready, but that's not for the father to determine. That's for the son to figure out. And the far country is not necessarily a distant place to which you travel because the far country exists, first of all, in our hearts. The younger son dreamed of enjoying his freedom far from home and away from his father and older brother. If the sheep was lost through foolishness and the coin through carelessness, then the son was lost because of willfulness. He wanted to have his own way, so he rebelled against his own father and broke his father's heart. But life in the far country was not what he expected. His resources ran out. His friends left him. A famine came. Sometimes, good God Almighty, you don't grow up until you go down. Sometimes, y'all listen to me, is this microphone work? Sometimes you don't get it until you hit rock bottom. And some of y'all's kids can't hit rock bottom because you keep saving them from the consequences. My mama told me if you go to jail, you're going to stay in there. She scared the bejesus out of me, so I didn't get in trouble. I didn't want to go to jail because she already told me she wasn't going to bail me out. But some of y'all keep bailing your kids out so they never grow up. They don't have to grow up because you keep taking their consequences. They don't feel it. They don't have to feel it because you keep wiring them money. Oh, I wish to get off drugs. Then why'd you give him some drug money? Oh, I wish he finished school. He don't have to. He come back and live with you. Y'all don't like me today, do you? Oh. The scene in the drama is our Lord's way of empathizing what sin really does in the lives of those who reject the Father's will. Watch this, y'all. Listen to this. Write this down. Sin promises freedom, but it only brings slavery. Sin promises success, but brings failure. Sin promises life, but the wages of sin is what? Death. The boy thought he would find himself, but Jordan, he lost himself. Listen to me, y'all. Young people need two things. They need roots and wings. The roots are the teachings, the faith, the prayers, the discipline. Those are the roots, but they also need wings. Their gifts make room for them and bring them into the presence of great men and women. But if you don't have any roots, you ain't going to have no wings. And many grown people, y'all need to hear me, and I'm talking about people in the faith. Sometimes we come to church and we leave church too soon. Now, I'm, not, I'm talking about tipping up and walking out before I get through preaching. I'm talking about you don't come to church like you used to. You're not in ministry like you used to. You're not in Bible study like you used to. And so you've cut off the development, your spiritual development, so you can't fly. You're, you're relegated to walking or sometimes crawling because you abandoned your roots. You left and went to a far country. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm in the building with you right now, ain't I? I'm in the building. Yeah, your body is here, but your mind is on the other side of town. It's not enough to be in the physical space if you have not made up your mind that I am going to make sure I'm grounded and I got wings. I got two more points. I'm going to leave you alone. Number three, you can't come home until you come to yourself. You look, look at somebody and say, you can't come home until you come to yourself. What does that mean? The prodigal son got his money and he did what, y'all? He went to a far country and he wasted it on prostitutes. He was at the strip club making it rain. He, he was in the champagne room buying bottles for everybody. 
He had money now. He, was, he had a little money. But, but when, you are, when, you are, when you are wasteful, it don't take long to run through some money. Bobby Brown said he spent a million dollars in one day. Bobby Brown said when he was rich, he said, he said when he was at the peak of his career, he would be driving down the road and see somebody in a nice car and say, how much you want for that car? Give them $20,000, drive it while he was in the city, leave it in the airport and fly back home. Bobby said, I wish I had those cars back. That's what happens when you're wasteful. And that's what happens to this prodigal son is that he goes to a far country and he kicks it and then he runs out of money. And the Bible says that he had to hire himself out. Lord, help me preach this. He had to hire himself out to a farmer in the land. And you know he's desperate because there's a scripture in the Torah that says, Cursed is he who feeds the swine. Because Jews did not have anything to do with pigs. Yet the first job he has away from home is a pig farmer. To make matters worse, Brian, he's not only working for a pig farmer, he gets so hungry and desperate that he starts longing to eat pig slop. It's when, Calvin, he's longing to eat pig slop that it comes to him in my father's house. Even the servants have food to eat. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes when you're so desperate, it's amazing what you settle for. And when you get away from the presence of God and get out there in a far country and get away from your values and get away from your faith community, it's amazing what you settle for, for eating. Paul said the stomach is made for food and food for the stomach, but I will not be mastered by my stomach. What has your appetite led you to that God would never approve of? What have you settled for? Listen to me. Somebody say, don't settle. don't settle. You are a child of God. You are blessed. You are anointed. Why are you eating pig slop when you're supposed to have steak? Why are you settling for an abusive relationship when you're supposed to be in a relationship with people who value you? Why are you settling for a dead-end job when God wants to take you to a career? Why? Because you wasted what was given to you because you weren't ready to handle it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get it back because I'm going back. How do you get back? When you come to yourself. Hey, how do you come to yourself? I'm glad you asked a question. Nobody was giving him anything. The only way the prodigal ever returns is when he realizes he's cut off and nobody's going to help him or her. And like I said, you, if you want your child to come back, your wayward child to come back, quit enabling them and give them tough love and cut it off. The father did not cash up him. He did not send him a Western Union, but he was praying for him. Y'all not talking to me. He was praying for him. I feel the Holy Ghost. He was praying. Somebody say he was praying for him. Is there anybody that's ever been in a wayward land and you knew the only reason you made it back is because somebody was praying for you? I'm not talking about you in church right now. I'm talking about the drunk you. I'm talking about you that's puking over the toilet talking about God, if you get me out of this, I won't do this again. I'm talking about the high you. I'm talking about the high you that was so high when the police pulled you over. You like you knew you were going to jail, but somehow you made it out of jail. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody who thought you had AIDS and something else. And when you went to the doctor the doctor said no you good is there anybody in here that knows that the only reason you made it back home today is because somebody was praying for you I'm glad that my daddy was praying for me I'm glad my mama was praying for me is there anybody glad today that God even when you were doing something stupid he still had the wherewithal to wait on you and to pray for you and Ain't nobody in the back of the church ever done nothing wrong, but I just want 50 of y'all to stand up and say, you, you were talking to me right then and there. I was the one that was high. I was the one that should have went to jail. I was the one that should have got shot. I was the one that should have been pregnant. I was the one. Whew. Look, tap, touch two people and say, but God, but God, but God, but God. 
Good God Almighty God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. If it had not been for the Lord who is on my side, I would have died a long time ago. If it were not for the Lord, I would have got shot. If it were not for the Lord, I would have died of AIDS. If it were not for the Lord, I would have died of Corona. Is there anybody in here that's still alive and still in your right mind and you in the house of God this morning? Can you stand up and give him the glory for sparing your life even though you deserve to die? Even though you deserve to stay cut off? Is there anybody that's come to themselves and realize that in my father's house oh I got to get out of here I'm sorry I'll do better next Sunday watch this uh, one more point in order to get back home you have to remind yourself of what's in your father's house I said in order to get back home you got to remind yourself of what's in your father's house what did the prodigal say he said in my father's house even the servants have food to eat When you think about it, everything you needed was in the house already. But sometimes covetousness and lust and lack of appreciation and a sense of entitlement can take you out of the place where you already had what you needed. Look at somebody and tell them everything you need is in the house. I got to get back to the house. Can somebody admit that when you were in church regularly, things were going better? Can somebody admit that when you were in Bible study, things were working smoother? Can somebody admit that when I prayed regularly, I felt the Holy Ghost leading my life? But as soon as I strayed away, that's when stuff went south. Touch somebody say, I got to get back in there. Y'all be seated. Hallelujah. In my father's house, everything that I need. Hallelujah. I, I love what he says. I love what the, the prodigal son says. When he comes to himself, daddy, he makes a switch. He switches from give me to make me. See, this is, this is when you know you've matured. This is when you know that you're finally hearing from God. Is when you can stop saying give me and start saying make me. Y'all ain't gonna help me. Uh, give me is a sense of entitlement. Make me is a sign of humility. Sometimes life has to break you. To break you out of give me and move you to make me. Is there anybody who thinks, who's ever thought that people owed you something? That everybody owed you something? But when God allowed life to break you, you realize that don't nobody owe you anything? and you get to the place where you're humble and say I'm going to go back to my father watch this it's not enough to have remorse it's not enough to repent because repentance means to turn and go back in the right direction and what this young man says is he says I will go back to my father I will tell my father I have sinned against you and you alone and I will tell my father make me as one of your highest servants in other words don't take me he said I'm no longer worthy to be a son instead take me back as a servant and you can pay me to work for you that's the speech that he had but what I love about him he said I will I will I will is there anybody in here who's told God lately I will I will go back home I will tell my father I have sinned against him I will tell him I'm ready to work for him I need somebody to stand up and say I will I will I will will you look at your neighbor and tell them I will go back to my father's house I will tell my father that I have sinned against him I will work wherever he wants me to work I need some people today who have made up your mind that I'm going back to my father's house I recognize and realize that I've strayed away I've been gone for too long I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing I've wasted my gifts I've wasted my time I've wasted my years and I gotta get back can you touch three people on the shoulder and say I gotta get back in my father's house can somebody type it out in the comments I've got to get back Watch this. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. This last point. Somebody say the last point. Last point. Your father is waiting on you to get back. 
hunch somebody beside you say your father's waiting on you to get back uh, what I love about this text is that he made up his mind that he was going to get back but daddy what I love about the text is that while he's a long way off y'all know how it is when you know you're in trouble when you know you've done wrong and you and you think about that whooping you're going to get and he's walking real slow and he's going back he's I'm trying to get my speech together uh, daddy I'm sorry I, I wasted the money I know I was yeah, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, daddy I'm sorry if you just let me live uh, yeah. and so while he's trying to make up his mind on what he's going to say the father is sitting over here looking down the road and the father has been pacing and praying for this son to come home he looks down the road and he sees the son trying to get his speech together and the bible says that before he could even get halfway up the road the father ran down to meet him and embraced him and threw his arms around him and see watch this some of y'all are trying to avoid a whooping when all he wants to do is love you I feel the Holy Ghost today somebody is at home right now feeling so much shame and embarrassment because you've been gone for too long and the devil is trying to lie to you and make you think that you're not wanted when you come back home I ain't got no speech for you all I want to say is I want to hug you when I see you I've been praying for you I've been looking for you that's what the father does he doesn't whoop him he doesn't talk bad to him he simply throws his arms around him and begins to kiss on him and say my son who was lost is now found Somebody needs to know this morning that God is waiting on you. He's waiting for you to come back home. He's waiting to throw his arms around you. He's waiting to show you love. He's waiting to show you compassion. And when you come home, God's going to do a quick work. Somebody say quick work. God's getting ready to do a quick work. The Bible says the, the father didn't let him finish his speech. He said quick. He said bring the fat and the calf we've been. Watch this. I, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to leave, but I can't because it's so good to me. Listen. He says bring the calf that we have been fattening did you hear what I just said he said bring the calf that we have been fattening there's a cow with your name on it that God has been fattening while you've been gone and God says, when you come back to church, when you get back in my house, I'm going to release what I've been fattening. I got a blessing with your name on it. I got a job with your name on it. I got a house with your name on it. I got a breakthrough with your name on it. I got a blessing. Y'all ain't talking to me up in here. Look at your name and say, there's a fat calf waiting on you. Then he says, bring me a ring. Shout out up. Y'all ain't getting excited. He said, bring me a ring. I ain't talking about jewelry. I'm talking about a ring. What kind of ring? There was a signet ring, which when the, when the master of the house made a decision, he would take his ring and put it on the parchment and seal it, and it was done. And so what the daddy is saying is, I'm going to transfer my authority to you. I need somebody to understand that work God is getting ready to do in this next season is that he's getting ready to transfer authority. You're going to have a position with power. Is there anybody in here who is looking forward to the next promotion watch this the good thing about God is that God blesses you not because you deserve it but because you had sense enough to bring your blood back home touch two people and say get ready for your new authority get ready for your new position I wish I was preaching better today Bring the fatted calf. Bring the signal ring. He said, bring him a robe. Somebody say robe. Watch this. He came home. His clothes were jacked up. He was this evil. And the daddy says, I'm going to put something over you to cover you. Watch this. When you come back to your father's house, you get a new covering. Some of y'all have been out there exposed, naked, and shamed. And God says, when you get back home, I'm going to cover you again. When you are out there on your own, you don't have any covering. You're exposed. And God says, I'm going to cover your nakedness. Bring him a robe. And then he said, bring him some sandals. Look at your neighbor and say, I got somewhere to go. He said, bring him some shoes and not size six. Bring him some sandals. <laughs> because this man got somewhere to go. I want to tell you that when you come back home, get ready to travel. 
When you get home, get ready for new assignments. When you get home, get ready to go new places. Because God says, now that I've restored you, now that you've come back home, I'm ready to put some shoes on your feet. I'm so glad that the Father was waiting on him. I'm so glad that in my Father's house, Jesus told us this. He said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, you may be there also. And Peter says, where are you going? How do we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can get to the Father unless he come through me. Can somebody stand up on your feet and say, I'm on my way home. And how do I get home, Pastor? You got to come through Jesus. Jesus says, I be behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man would open up, any woman would open up, I would come in and I would eat with them. I would sup with them. I want to open up the door today and let somebody come back home today. I want to invite somebody to come back home so that the Lord can take you back you might have strayed away you might have fallen off you might have missed the mark but God says that all is forgiven the Bible says though a righteous man falls seven times seven times he can get back up would you hit somebody on the back and tell them it's time to get back up it's time for you to come home is there anybody online today that wants to come back home is there anybody in the house that wants to come back home today God says you can come back home put your hands together and give God praise all over this place let me pray for you as you stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we get ready to depart from this place, Father God, we touch and agree with our neighbor, Father God, that, that for somebody in this house who has strayed away, for somebody, Father God, who has uh, not been home in a while, for somebody who wants to come back home and recommit their service and come back and move from give me to make me, somebody who recognizes and realizes and come to themselves this morning that in my father's house, even the servants have food to eat. In my Father's house, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's peace. In my Father's house, there's joy. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I've got to get back in the house. Father, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but somebody realizes that they are far from home. That they have strayed away. And somehow by your providence, you saw fit that they would physically be in this house this morning and now father god they want to come a little bit closer and say i'm back home god what do you want me to do whatever you want me to do i'll do it whatever you want me to say i'll say it i'm coming home can somebody type in the comments i'm coming home can can somebody speak it in the atmosphere i'm coming home Coming home, what does that mean, Pastor? It means coming home and recommitting your life to God. Coming home means surrendering your life to Jesus. Coming home means, Pastor, what do I need? What ministry do you need me to serve in? What, what work can I do to help this house? How can I contribute my time, my talent, and my treasure? This is my house. This is my home. Forgive me for straying away. Forgive me for being gone. I'm back. What do you need me to do? That's what it means to come home. I will go back home. I will tell my father I'm sorry. I will tell him to make me as one of his higher servants. I want to come back home. Father, today, when I open up the doors of church, for some man, some woman, some boy, some girl, this is a moment where they have come to themselves and realized how far they have strayed away and they want to come back home to you. I pray, Father, they would know that there's nobody here to judge them, nobody to look down on them. We are just glad that they're coming back home. We're ready to get lit. We're ready to have a party. We're ready for the fattened calf. We're ready for the ring. We're ready for the robe. We're ready for the sandals. We're ready to throw our arms around our brothers and sisters and say, welcome home. My son who was lost, my daughter who was lost but is now found, was dead but is now alive. God, we are ready to celebrate those who will come to the altar today and reconnect and recommit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.